I am your host, Play, and you have chosen the Sky Sword. This was passed down to us from one generation to the next, but no one was ever to know of it. It was forbidden to us to use in any contest or to earn honors. But I was young, and I did not listen. Our vanquished enemy had always been the more powerful foe, and had only stayed their hand in anticipation of not being caught unawares by the sword-bearer. I could never before fathom such a patient people. Our forefathers had championed the sword, and then gone into hiding with it. The sword had such legend that I did not understand the delicacy with which we survived by it. With it in my hand, I felt invincible. And now, with the sword resurfaced, I am responsible for their return. I knew well what it could do. My father trained my brothers and I across long days with it. And we each grew to split stone and massive boulders alike with ease. And the blade need only kiss the lumber and the fire would be started. And the utmost caution was due the point of the blade, for father demonstrated to us how it could be made to cut before the blade was touched. These miraculous enchantments filled my head with dreams of conquest and honors, the ambition to surpass the king. Now I only wish to see my father and brothers again. The day before their return I went to the fair with it. Andrea was there. I had promised her my intention to become a great ruler, and she had scoffed at me. So I went with the intention to show her the might of my arm, and I even thought I was being careful. I shamed many a knight that day, loosing their bonds of their armor, all the while cautious never to penetrate too deeply, as it would not do to run a man through in the course of the games, and draw more scrutiny than the adulation I sought. I was in my right mind well enough to fear losing my father's sword to at least exercise my idea of prudence. I failed to present myself for the bout that would have positioned me as a finalist in the games. My goal had been achieved. Andrea was suitably impressed. But this was not enough. The enemy's spies were even then among us, and sent word to them that the sword had been seen. Their return came in the morning. By then I had restored the sword to its hiding place in an alcove in the cave where it was kept, and though the sun had risen above the trees, I was still fast asleep from my yester labors, so that one of my brothers, Samuel, was sent for me to commence work in the fields. While he was still waking me and I took up my boots, we felt the first tremors that would be the beginning of the invasion. The castle that housed our lordship to the king was the first to fall in this initial disturbance. For us the tremors were distinct, but only a slight jostling, so that I am grateful we didn't overlook the sign. Though from this we only had the suspicion the kingdom was at war, we acted upon it, and ran for the fields to call our father and brothers to the cave. We found them ignorant that anything was the matter, and insisted that we could both witness for each other. The house and its articles had proven a good warning, where, if only it had turned out to the better, at last, Father assented to send Friedrich to fetch the sword and keep it hidden as he took the rest of us back to the house, where we would pack for the journey that may require us to seek an audience with the king. Alas, to return was our folly where we should have all gone to the caves. Back then I didn't know the weapons of our enemies, but it felt as though our house was taken by a mighty wind. Andrew and Samuel were thrown away in the blast and later found dead. 
A large beam had fallen on me where Father and Matthias came to my side and took great pains to free me, in the course of which we saw the saucer glide overhead, and I do not believe it realized we lived. And if they had, they certainly didn't realize that we were the sword-bearers who they had been waiting to reveal themselves. Yet the great vehicle moved on, and being lame at the time, I forced Father and Matthias to stop for the night before reaching the cave. In the dead of night we began to hear the screams across the grassland. The terror in the villages warned us too late, as one seized upon Father and disavowed him before challenging Matthias. If I could exchange my life for one of my brothers, for the good of the kingdom, I think it would be him, because he stayed that beast, that possessed the mind for scarcely more than teeth and claws, against his own brute strength, that deserved the favor of our father's sword. And that night he received it, since while Matthias held it steady, Friedrich emerged from the brush and slashed the foul beast clean through so it was made twain. I beheld our father and knew then that I was the one to blame, and never summoned the courage to say so to my brothers. The grave was quick with the aid of the sword, and my brothers took me from that place a little further on. We came to a thicket where we thought to conceal ourselves until morning. But while Matthias stayed with me, Friedrich ventured a little further to keep watch, and discovered lantern light of a village untouched. Friedrich resolved to us that, possessing the sword, we were in the midst of the mortal danger that it was intended for, and that we should honor father by taking our shelter in a place with people we might defend. Possibly remembering having already proven his strength against one hunter, Matthias agreed, and for my part, I didn't dare raise a complaint. When we arrived, other survivors who had fled from other villages carried stories of the manner of creatures we fought. Resting at a table, I asked them if any had seen vehicles belonging in the sky, and none had seen such a thing, for now only Matthias and I had. Friedrich confessed to the assembly that though these monsters were hitherto unknown to us, that our family had challenged their masters, and as such we were pledged to fight them again. By this sword, he said, we have the means of victory. Together Friedrich and Matthias arrayed the village defenders, who none scarcely approached a man-at-arms, and it occurred to me that many had fled their own villages and were just as likely to hold to the line here. Soon the hunters leaped from the darkness, bathed in torchlight, and did all unspeakable butchery, so there Friedrich and Matthias fell. I was found having crawled under the bed of an abandoned house, and taken away alive likewise with many who had been unfit to take up arms. The hitherto mindless monsters assembled us all together in an adjoining field, along with those they had abducted from other villages, and the saucer struck a light over us, and somehow us alone, where in a moment it felt as though I was falling toward it, but could see with my eyes that I had been lifted from the ground. This impossible sensation culminated in a snap of darkness, where we should later understand that we had been made to congregate within the saucer, and now were within its dungeon. A smaller light struck on me in similar manner of being localized to myself, and in another blinding flash I discovered myself restrained to a surgeon's table. The being attending to me looked rather frail, but stood twice as tall as most men and three times to my youth. It secured a metal boot to me, and I began to feel well again. The restraints were then removed, and by signs of the hand I was invited to stand and 
directed through an archway up a poorly lit passage into a grand chamber, where more beings like this one sat all throned. My usher bowed to them and left without any instruction. Instruction would turn out to be unnecessary as one of their number spoke. You are kindred to the sword-bearers? Yes. Are they all gone? There's I. Are they all gone? No. How many more? Why should I tell you? How many more? If you are going to kill me, then do it. My father and brothers are dead. We must know whether there will be more, if there will be more resistance. By your answer, I take it, you are the very last of your line. No. Then you are ordered to take us to them forthwith, be that our purpose in healing you, the coward. No, I won't. The order of the sword-bearers has never been vanquished. We defeated you once, and we can... You never defeated us. The sword appears between the judges and I. Your forefathers troubled our forces, harangued them to no end, made us suffer for holding your world, but you could never stop us. And we understand the order of the sword-bearers to have dwindled from even those days, grown complacent. If tonight's defense represents the best that you could muster, then the invasion shall be consummated. Your world will now become our own in every respect. I am young, so forgive a question. But was this night the first that you killed any sword-bearers of the order? It is not. Then what has changed? Are they all gone? No. I leaped forward to seize upon the sword and discovered the sensation of running through water, but also found that I could carry the right-booted foot easier than the left. I determined to stretch as well as I could with the right in somewhat undignified fashion, and grasped the hilt where I turned the blade on the floor where I fell from the ship for the earth below. Though I should have died from the fall that day, I favored my right against the boot before rolling over the ground and survived with the sword in hand. I have gone on to frequently employ this prize to survive falling from great heights and taken up an open conquest against our kingdom's enemy. Always I remember my father and brothers, and grateful for every victory in which they schooled me. I am the last of the sword-bearers, and I shall lead the way to victory.